Hockey Calgary is the governing body for all minor hockey in Calgary, from Timbits to Junior. This year marks the 50th year of operation. Although an unusual one, Hockey Calgary has been a leader in the return to hockey process. Focusing on the safety of their members, fun and development are at the forefront of this season as players hit the ice once again. Hockey Calgary would like to thank their members for their patience and cooperation through the return to hockey process and look forward to seeing everybody at the rink. Not sure what sports are provided in Calgary? Sport Calgary Sport Directory will help you find the sport and organization that's right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Kidsport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. Welcome back to the Face First Podcast. My name is Alicia Riz Rizling. My name's Grace Defo. <laughs> Defo, I like that. Emphasis and, on the day. I like it. <laughs> and we are your hosts as a bobsled and skeleton athlete representing kids sport. And today we have our guest, Rebecca Johnson. Thanks for joining us, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Rebecca, you are a Team Canada hockey player and also a kids sport ambassador. You want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and how long you've been involved with kids sport? Yeah, so I, I feel like I've been involved since 2014, I think, so quite a while. Um, yeah, but I really enjoy it. I think it's really important. Obviously, sports is a huge part of my life and was a huge part of um, my childhood growing up. And I just know how important it is uh, to, to have sports, organized sports, and be able to play in organized sports. So I think um, what kids sport is doing um, is, is really dear to my heart, and I'm glad that I can be part of it. Yeah, so I mean, I I have I don't really know you that much, so I I want to get to know you and and how your career brought you to Team Canada Hockey. Like, take us through the steps on on how you got there. Where are you from? Start yeah, from let's start with that. <laughs> start for when I was young. Um, so I'm from Sudbury, Ontario. I come from a very large family. I have five siblings. Uh, we all played hockey. We all played a, a lot of sports growing up, but hockey was our main sport and. Uh, I started when I was three years old, started an outdoor hockey league, actually. So all of our games were outside, which you do not see that now, um, nowadays. But I don't think we could do that in Alberta either. No. I mean, <laughs> no. I feel like it could make a comeback during COVID, though. Yeah. Cause... I mean, well, it's snowing in October, so you could probably have a season in, in Calgary here. <laughs> Start making the ranks. Let's yeah. 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 So I, I was on like uh, the same team as my older sisters and older brother. And so like... Did not touch the puck ever. I just kind of skated around. I was a lot younger than them. and But that's kind of when I fell in love with hockey. It was, um, it's always, always been a passion of mine, and it's been huge in my family. And so started at a really young age, but grew up playing there in Sudbury. Was there a whole line that was just you and your siblings almost? Oh, yeah. We would go to the outdoor rink, and it'd be the Johnsons against everyone else. <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. So we all played, and then my dad played too, so. That's the best. Yeah. Um, so what happened after high school? When did you start into the Team Pangolin program? Did you immediately transition to that? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I started um, when I was 17. I made my first uh, world championships. And uh, so it was the year before I went to Cornell University. And I was an alternate that year. I was really young. I was not expecting to get that opportunity to go. Uh, but 
it was an amazing experience. I remember sitting there and like Danielle Goyed and um, Haley Wickenheiser and all these players that you like grew up watching play. And I got to be able to be part of that team, which was incredible. I was in Winnipeg and they won a gold medal. And so I was able to celebrate that with them, but I practiced with them. I wasn't able to play any of the games, Uh, but I learned so much that year. And so that's kind of when it started. And I played. What year was that? Sorry. In 2007. Yeah. And um, so I started with the under-22 program, and then I made the senior team, and I worked my way up from there. And then ever since 2007, I've been kind of in the, in the program and um, on the national team. So it's been quite a ride. It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a vet. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what it started. So go big red. Uh, yeah. Did you go all four years? Yeah, so I took a year off um, after my sophomore year uh, because of the Olympics. So we all centralized in, in Calgary and stay there six months prior to the Olympics. And um, so, yeah, it was four years. So it took me five years to get a degree, I guess. But I took the whole year off after my sophomore year. It's pretty normal to take five years. I mean, that's not unusual. But uh, it isn't in the U.S., but it is in Canada. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I talked to all these athletes like – um, from other sports and like, we're on the 10 year program to get my <laughs> yeah. undergrad, you know? So yeah. I laugh yeah. at that. I know I got mine. I had just started skeleton during my undergrad and I was like, someone gave me the best advice and she was like, just crush it, finish it, or you will never finish. Right. So yeah. I like made the point to finish it because, and then I kind of like was then moved more into skeleton because I was like, I will never finish. I know if I get pulled into the sport direction. Um, speaking of centralizing, what's, what's the centralization looking like for the next year or two heading into Beijing? Yeah, so right now, obviously, everything is on hold a little bit. Um, we're hoping to start things up in the new year. But from what I know, like, we centralize in August. Um, so Of 2021? Of 2021, yeah, mm-hmm. August. And then uh, we train together full-time. We play a lot of games against the guys. We're in a guys' league. And we travel, play against the States. We have a series against the U.S. as well. And... Um, and then just a lot of working out and training together. So it starts from August, and uh, we f- usually finalize the team at, right before Christmas. Um, and, then, and then the Olympics is in February. Yeah. Well, we keep jumping all over here, and so we're talking about the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about your experience. You've been to three Olympics now? Yes. Three. And um, how many medals? Three. Exactly. What color are they? <laughs> uh, two gold and one silver. Absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations. Pretty Thank incredible. You. I love your guys' game was the best game of the 2018 Olympics of all the sports, I think. But heartbreaker at the end. There. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sorry, no one ever no one wants. Hurts. I didn't want to bring it up like that. but <laughs> Oh, no, it's fine. I get it all the time. I'm used to it now. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, it's you, you rather lose a game that close than, I mean, at least you know that you're in it and could have won either way, either way so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've done some pretty incredible things, too. You, um, take us through your experience winning our Clarkson Cup. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so I was able to win two Clarkson Cups. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, but the, last, the very last year of the CWHL, we, Calgary Inferno, was, uh, we, we won uh, the Clarkson Cup, which is pretty special. I mean, at the time, we didn't know that the league was going to fold and no one would ever win the Clarkson Cup again, but... Um, that year was, was a, was a pretty crazy year, but we had such a talented team and, um, to be able to win that with that group of girls was pretty special. So 
champions forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how did that affect most of the women going forward? Because I know that was a huge shock, and especially in the sports world, that the league just folded all of a sudden. It seemed uh, seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, what happened, like, what was the, the environment like with most of your teammates where a lot of people, like, it seemed like there was a lot of uncertainty, kind of like what we're going through right now. So what has been yeah. kind of like the, the answer to that? Yeah, so, you know, when we heard, I remember we were at World Championships, actually, and, and the news came out, and, and then it was really hard to, like, focus because we had this World Championship to focus on and trying to win the, a gold medal. And, um, but you didn't know what the future had in store for us. We didn't know that we were going to have a league, what we were going to do next year. We were just going to be practicing all year. Um, so I think that was a pretty shocker, especially the fact that we had such a great year that year. Um, you know, we took a lot of strides uh, in the hockey, female hockey world. Um, there was four of us, and I was fortunate to be able to one of them to go to the NHL All-Star Weekend. That was going to be my next question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but keep going. No, yeah. It's all about that. I'm like, please go into this because this is amazing. Yeah, so that year obvi- obviously put women's hockey more on the map, and um, we had so much exposure, and there was so much hype over um, this NHL All-Star competition, the skills, Kendall Coyne being able to compete and skate and and actually take part in uh, one of the skill competitions. So it was it was a pretty um, amazing experience, but it was also, you know, we had a lot of hype from that, and um, the league went well, and, and the talent level was just, the competition was incredible, and it was the best, you know, I've since, since I've been a part of the CWHL. So um, it was just heartbreaking to see that, you know, the, our league had folded, one that I was part of for seven years, so... Yeah, so now that the league's folded, where is women's hockey at right now? Like, what's going on? Is there a new league? Tell me what's up. Yeah, so we joined um, a group called the PWHPA. So there's, I think there's about 200 players or um, around that. Mostly uh, North American or is it worldwide? Yeah, well, it is worldwide, but uh, mostly North American North, yeah. uh, players. And um, what we did last year before COVID was that we had showcases throughout North America um, just showcasing women's women's hockey, trying to you know get the word out there. I think the main thing for us is getting that exposure, um, and just talk and keep hyping up the game. And, and just there's a lot of people that don't know where we where we play, what we do outside of Olympic years, which is, I mean, awful. I mean, there you know we train leading up to the Olympics, but there's you know three years where we're competing and uh, we're playing and we're trying to prepare for you know, that Olympic year as well. So um, there are a lot more talented hockey players than just the national team players. And it's a shame that we right now don't have anywhere to play. And so we created this PWHPA so that we have um, these showcase tournaments, we have practices, we have hubs. Um, So there's uh, a hub in Calgary, uh, Toronto and Montreal, and then there's three in the States. And so we just, you know, play games and go around to different communities basically and trying to to get in the community and just kind of pipe up and let everyone know what we're doing what you're doing yeah absolutely and I think the biggest shame for me was like after you guys won that Carlson cup and it was big news here in the city and people were like we didn't even know we had a women's hockey team we're like come on yeah Yeah. and like I I worked at Winsport and I so for a while and I remember like I followed the Inferno really closely and um you would talk to someone on the street and they would have zero clue yeah. that they could like go to games on the weekends and yeah. when you and guys when you girls were playing and um, I think that's a really big shame that it was a missed opportunity for Calgary for sure. 
I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, hockey and hockey's huge in, in Canada, and there's there's so many people that always ask, like, always say, like, oh my god, I love watching women's hockey. Like, it's 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 awesome. Like every four years when I watch the Olympics, like I really would love to watch it more. And but they just don't know, and there's just limited access. I mean, there's only three areas, three cities in. Cal, uh, sorry, in Canada, that you can watch female hockey, and it's not like we're ever on TV. And I mean, that goes with a lot of sports. Um, but uh, I think just trying to 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 increase that platform is is the main thing. Absolutely. So the NBA has partnered with the WNBA and has really done an amazing job, I think, of bringing more attention to their sport. Um, it kind of was unfortunate with this year with the men's playoffs being at the same time as the women's playoffs, yeah. I think. But they did do a really good job. I found, like, flipping through channels and stuff, like, oh, women's basketball's on. Like, it, they've done a really good job with that. And I know there's been a lot of talk with hockey about the NHL needing to step in. And have you guys had any conversations with the NHL about this? And is there any plans for the future? Yeah, so we we definitely have had conversations. And I know the PWHPA, um, the board of directors, and they've been in contact with NHL um, consistently, I believe. And um, I know that they're supportive. They they love women's hockey. And you could see a lot of the – um, the teams and the franchises have supported women's hockey as either given money to, to help um, increase women's hockey in that area. And so I, I know that the NHL is definitely on board and wants to help us. And I think there will be, um, you know, a plan in place in the future. I just think, you know, anything that's successful takes time and you don't want to rush something like this because we don't want another case of, you know, a league folding and three, four, five years or whatever it is. We want to be able to have a sustainable league that um, will last and these young players can um, aspire to play in this league one day. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to rush it, but at the same time, it's so overdue. Like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it's, I feel like we've, you know, been waiting and trying to, to get this for a while, but um, I guess we can't be... I don't know. I don't want to. You have to build a good foundation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. To make sure that it will be sturdy. Um, so I want to go back to the NHL All-Star game because that is just such like a cool thing. Like watching <laughs> you girls in it was just like the coolest thing as a, as a huge hockey fan. Thank and um, take us through that a little bit. Like how did you find out you were going? How did they determine which events you guys each got to do? Um, and what was the weekend like? Yeah, so was it the, you're talking about the skills competition one or the three-on-three? The skills comp. Okay, yeah, so I got um, an email from Hockey Canada that, you know, had just asked, would you want to take part in the NHL All-Star competition? And, like, my first reaction was like, oh, my God, I I can't do that. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, um, I I was super nervous, and the entire time, like, leading up, like, I remember after practice, I would, like, be practicing because – like, these competitions, like, you don't do in hockey. Like, I don't pick up the puck and, you know. Yeah. So um, I found out that I was doing the stick handling, um, you know, through the cones and then picking so up. So you didn't get to choose or, like, volunteer for a certain one they told you what no, you were doing? No, well, we kind of just chose who would probably be the best in certain of ones. Kind of, of out of the four, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was, I was, like, happy with that one. That was fine. Um, but I just remember I was, like, after every practice I was practicing – because I was just, I was so nervous. I'm like, I don't want to just like fall or, you know, (laughs) mishandle the puck or something, which normally it would be fine. But I think the craziest thing is that you have, um, all of the best players in the world, you know, on the ice 
on one knee watching you with an entire arena full with the entire arena full um and that didn't even bother me it was mainly just the the men on the ice yeah. like um you know watching and, and so they introduce you and I go up and and when you play hockey it's not an individual sport so you're used to having like you're not the center of the tension always so that was that was definitely interesting and I've never been so nervous in my life like I was more nervous than the Olympic final for that wow really yeah, yeah. Like, my helmet's off. Like, everyone's seeing me. Like, <laughs> just, like, I could have fallen and really embarrassed myself, but ended up being okay. So. I was going to say, you ended yeah. up doing pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. good, I'd say. Uh, speaking of the Olympics, do you have a favorite Olympic memory? Yeah. So, I remember 2014. Um, well, I mean, I have so many amazing memories, obviously, but this is just kind of, like, um, yeah, fun little thing on the side. Well, you, you know, when you get to meet all the athletes, I think is you're you know you you know it's uh, like you're like a family. Um, so you get to meet all the Canadian athletes, and mm-hmm. so I was playing ping pong with Sidney Crosby um, and Shea Weber, and Sidney Crosby's like my favorite player. So um, <laughs> I was I was so excited, and it was just it was it was a lot of fun just to be able to like chill and hang out with these guys that you like idolize and, and see on TV all the time. And um, yeah, so I guess that was probably highlight. That's awesome. Speaking of idolizing, then, moving into this, so how old are you? 31. 31. I think we're the same age. Okay. Um, so growing up, I know, I mean, Grace, you're a little bit younger, so I'm not sure, but... I'm only there, a few years younger. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, there wasn't, as, as a, a young athlete, like, I'm talking, like, either 8 to 10 years old, there isn't a lot of, there wasn't women's professional sports other than, like golf for or like and I guess tennis has been around that long as yeah, well yeah. but like to watch and and did you ever think as a kid that you would grow up to be a professional hockey player yeah so I like I thought like I was like I want to I want to play in the NHL like I was oh, like I'm cool. gonna play yeah so like as I wanted to be a professional hockey player but I personally in, in Sudbury um growing up there wasn't girls that played so I, I grew up playing guys mm-hmm. until grade 10 so um, I really, truly didn't really know <laughs> that other girls really played hockey. So for me, it, always growing up at a young age, I was like, I want to play in the NHL. I'm going to be in the NHL. Like, um, and clearly that's not a realistic goal. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and I think that's what's so crazy and inspiring about what we're trying to do with the PWHPA is like, would it be amazing for a young girl to be looking up and have an idolizing and be able to watch these amazing girl hockey players on TV and have these favorite players because when I grew up, I mean, my favorite player was Stevie Iserman. It was a guy, which is fine. Um, yeah. And, but I think it but is, that was never a role that you could step into, but now by creating this league, you're yeah, having, like, mean, girls can actually grow up to be a professional athlete. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that's pretty special. So, yeah, I know like I figure skated growing up and my brother played hockey and it was kind of similar. Even in Calgary, it was, there was no one really to look up to in women's hockey. And so yeah. I chose, I was learning to skate and I chose figure skating. Yeah. And then I kind of always like had that pull. I was like, maybe I should have done hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it wasn't really until 2002 when I watched like team Canada women on, I remember they rolled the TV into the, into the classroom and I watched them obviously win a gold medal. And uh, that was my kind of like first exposure to women's hockey in general. That's funny you say that because that's, that's the exact moment where I was like, I want to play for the national team. Because that's, like, kind of the first time I saw women play and compete, and I just saw, like, the emotion and, um, you know, the drive that they all had, and it inspired me, and that's kind of where my goal started was the 2002 Olympics. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. In, in Alberta, uh, you know, we're both watching and, and kind of a pivotal moment in yeah. thinking about women's sport, even in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so another question I had is you guys did the showcase series last year. So yeah. you traveled to, was it six different places? Oh, gosh. Yeah, six or eight, maybe. Six or eight. Yeah. yeah. Was... And played the Americans every time, correct? Um, for the PWHPA? Yeah. No, no, no. The sh- uh, it was like the showcase series, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. The rivalry series? Rivalry. That's mm-hmm. the one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had five games. Okay, five games. Yeah, so there was two in December and then three in February. Um, and how was that experience? Because I heard a couple of them were sold out. Like, Yeah, so like uh, Victoria was sold out. It was like, yeah, really great crowd. Vancouver was great as well, and... Um, and then Anaheim was, was really good. The California go figure. I know the NHL, um, Anaheim, they took kind of control and, and promoted it and everything, which is great. So we had, we had a good crowd there as well, but it was a great experience. I mean, every time I get to put that Jersey on and play against the U S is always, you know, an amazing feeling. And it's, it, these games are, are so close and competitive. So it's always a lot of fun to play. Yeah. That hockey, that hockey, um, dynamic with the states is just unreal i feel like no matter men's or women's hockey anytime we're playing the states it's like such a rivalry is it a little bit weird for you though because i know that a lot of the american girls train here and you're obviously friends i'm guessing with quite a few of them so is it weird to have that like super competitive like always pitted against each other but then have kind of be friends off the ice or is that not the case yeah so it is weird because like so they, they, the only time I've actually started playing with the, some of the Americans was after the 2018 Olympics. So I wasn't really friends with any of the Americans before that. So it, it has been weird. The last couple of years, you, I now have like one of my best friends is, is on the American team. And <laughs> um, so it is, it is a little bit strange. And I haven't really played in that like an Olympics against them really. So that would be – but I think anytime you're on the ice – Oh, so that just turns the pressure up for next year then, eh, in 2020? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I don't, obviously, um, you know, when you're there, you're with your team and it's professional yeah. and you're not really, you don't really interact that much, obviously. And, um, but you're kind of like now you're on separate teams and like you have, you know, your own goals and they're obviously both competing for that gold medal. So, um but whenever I'm on the ice, it's, you don't really see, yeah, I don't really know who I'm going against. Like I know, I'll, I'll know, but like, you're not like we're enemies right now. We're not friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't matter how well you I know the different anyone. jerseys on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very competitive person. So even in practice, uh, if they're on this, this uh, another team as me, like I'm not friends with you. you know? <laughs> so what's going on in your hockey career right now? Where, where are things at? Yeah. So things are, obviously a little bit challenging with like with COVID and everything right now um and going through an injury right now but feeling pretty good and um I'm just excited that I'm progressing and feeling feeling pretty healthy so do you mind disclosing what the injury (laughs) is or or do you not want your competitors to hear this no (laughs) it's fine no I yeah I ruptured my Achilles um in the summer so it's been it's been quite the the road, but it's it's progressing well and everything's going smoothly, which is the most important thing. And um, I've been able to keep training off the ice and 
being in the gym, like, I think I was in the gym, like, a, a week after my surgery, or a week really? and a half. Wow. Yeah, so. Total Achilles rupture, and you were in the gym a week after. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wasn't doing anything. I was doing, like, upper body stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a boot. In a boot, yeah. yeah. So, I've been in this boot. I was in the boot for over two months. Oh, that's so um, So, I got used to walking around with that thing, and. Uh, or were you on one of those carts with the... Well, yeah, so I had my little yeah. scooter um, because for about a month and a half I, or a month, I couldn't really put any pressure on it, so I had to make sure I was, like, on the scooter or crutches. But, um, yeah, I was hobbling around the gym, and, mm-hmm. I mean, might as well keep going and so I don't have as much to catch up on. That's kind of my mentality, but you're, I probably I mean, could have rest a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the phrase is like when you have an injury, you're not a hundred percent injured. You know, you're maybe like 10%, you know, one of your legs is injured or something. Yeah. You're 90% healthy, 10% injured. So yeah. like you have to keep doing what others, you know, other stuff and keeping healthy. Yeah. I, of, I mean, I do a hundred percent. You do a hundred percent of what you can do, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of boots, I think, uh, Riz, you have a little bit of insight onto what it's like to be in a boot, too. You went through a little bit of a Achilles injury last year. Yeah, I mean, I year. didn't completely rupture mine, because that was actually my worst nightmare, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't um, recommend it. I, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, like, I had to miss a full season last year due to, to um, my Achilles, and so I guess what we were talking about a little bit before the show was that if there was a time for it to happen, it happened at the right time for you. So yes. wishing you a speedy recovery on that for sure. And Thank you. The good news is with the Achilles is you can put a skate on. You just can't sprint. So Right, which, right which I'm not too that. upset about. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be all right. But that that's a tough one to come back from. Holy. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about COVID? How did that change your, your training schedule for the summer? Yeah, I mean... Like, like both of you probably know, it was like challenging. Like you're used to going to the gym and having all access to all the facilities and the best stuff. Um, you know, so to, to have absolutely nothing and trying to like go into Kijiji and get like weights, which was impossible because was everyone say, was Did you actually to, find something? Cause it not really. really no, <laughs> I did get like, I got this like cheap elliptical and like, um, bought like a bike, mm-hmm. um, and then just some free weights. But, yeah, so I didn't, like, lift heavy at all until July. Like, it was, like, you know, f- five months or whatever it was um, before I could even, you know, lift anything heavy or go in a rack or anything, which was probably good for, for me. But um, Finally take a little bit of a break. Yeah. But I, I think I did a lot of, like, running and kind of off um, – off ice stuff obviously but mm-hmm. um more on like grass and probably on cement and like on cement and stuff which probably wasn't the best mm, um Achilles problems yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, all being connected could have been a reason yeah yeah um but yeah it was definitely challenging but I think you know you get you get used to it and you get a routine I think that was the main thing for me it was like keeping a routine and sticking with it because I think you can go crazy and you can really get like lost if you just don't have that same kind of schedule that you normally as athletes usually have. For sure. And like, how was it not being around the teammates that you usually train with? Did you have access to anyone? Did you go home? Like where, where did you spend that first little part of lockdown? Yeah, I was in Calgary. So I really didn't see a lot of people. There was like a couple of people that I saw. I kept it like super small um, and trained with. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I was kind of stuck here. And then I ended up going home in June when it was a little bit safer to travel. Um, but, yeah, I was really missing my family and um, 
I think I was starting to go a little bit crazy, obviously, the first couple of months, especially because it was so cold here and like, <laughs> yeah. couldn't do Literally anything. Locked and, inside the yeah. 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 And I'm a very like, go, go, go. Like I love going outside for walks and which COVID allowed me to do that. Cause I just would go for walks all the time, but I was, I'm always like to be doing stuff. So it was definitely made me like relax and just like you sit on the couch for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the routine. It was the same. I, I needed to set what times I was going to go work out. And luckily my dad had a home gym. So after the first little bit of quarantine, I started going over there and I was like, I need to leave my house at three o'clock or else like, yeah, you're like, I'll do it later. And then it passes yeah. and you're like, Oh shoot. Now I got to go work out. And so I found that key too. Cause I'm so used to being so busy and having like set calendar that it was like, okay, well you literally have one thing to do today. Just set what time you're leaving and leave. <laughs> It's yeah. the little things, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky to have the gym in my garage. So. Yeah, I've seen that. That's like, <laughs> yeah. shoot. So you guys are both lucky. Jeez. Yeah. God, you should have saw my, like, little sad. little gym. It was like, oh, my God, it's brutal. Except when uh, when your neighbor called bylaw on you the one time. Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. Well, um, and we still don't know if it was on me. So I I was training in my garage. Yeah. And I also let, I let a teammate train in my garage as well. Um, just to, like you know, have access to it. Yeah. But, like we would separate, like we'd never go in together and we were really like being stickler for the rules, but it kind of looked like there was a constant stream of people in and out of my garage because <laughs> <I> was, like <laughs> my roommates were in there too. And like, and I think people, so somebody, one of my neighbors and I had neighbors that were fantastic. Like my next door neighbor, like she had two small boys and they would like go by all the time and they'd be like, Oh, like look how much weight she's lifting and like and stuff and and it, like I knew like the the mom talked to me after she's like you're just so inspiring for them like oh, keep, like great. and it was just so nice to have that support. I had uh, another neighbor from a little bit further down that he would drive by and like if we were doing like reps of something he would like start counting like random numbers. He'd be like fifty seven, fifty eight, and you'd like turn around and you're like unit to like um so it was a lot of fun but then yeah bylaw did get called and came and inspected our garage and and somebody is complaining that we're running a unauthorized business out of the garage but it's like (laughs) the guy's like you're not taking any payment are you i'm like no i'm letting people work out in the garage because people are going crazy right now so i'm trying to be nice i'm trying to help them out yeah like you're not breaking any rules because you're allowed to let people work out in your garage it's It's private property it's your stuff (laughs) yeah and like we weren't we never had more than two people in there at a time right so, so you're fine yeah yeah it was all good but it was it was pretty interesting and then actually i found out so a couple doors down from me when um they were members of a crossfit gym and when their gym folded really sad they bought all the stuff so they turned their entire gym floor into like a crossfit like rubber floor Ooh. and they bought two racks and they bought a bunch of like barbells so i could hear weights dropping and i was like who else is dropping weights around here? And I went down and looked in their whole garage. They like outfitted into like a little CrossFit box. It was so oh, cool. cool. And then another one, a little bit further down, um, the dad, and he had a, like a little hockey player and he was, I think he said he was 13 and he had to keep training for hockey. So his dad bought him a squat rack. Oh, so fun. he was doing that. And then down the other side, my other neighbor is, uh, Jess O'Connell the Canada sprinter. So she had her mostly training equipment and she's also was suffering from an Achilles injury. So doing the rehab for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's like a row of gyms on her block, but, uh, it was really like, it's kind of fun. It's, it was kind of fun. And honestly, it, it was the only thing that like saved my sanity throughout COVID. I just, I don't know what I would have done without it. So thankful for that. And hopefully things don't get shut down again. I know. Keep going. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 
Um, so what's the plan for you for the next couple months? Just keep on rehabbing until you guys get some more information or are you going to start skating soon? Yeah. So I'll just continue to, to rehab and then hopefully, um, you know, everything goes smoothly and I should be able to skate here soon or start slowly skating. And I'm fortunate that, um, you know, being in the boot is, is more supportive than, than sprinting and I don't have to come back to sprinting. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm just so excited to get on the ice because it's, it's felt like forever, but it's only, I guess it has only been like two and a half months, <laughs> but it's long enough, you know, I'm ready to go back. I'm also ready to get back on the ice. Yeah. It's been since January for me, so I can't wait. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Next week. Woo. I agree. It's been since March and that was the last place I actually went was Whistler and, mm-hmm. and we're headed back there headed shortly. Back. Headed back. Actually, when this, by the time this episode drops, we'll be, I'll be sliding. So I will also be back on the ice we'll and sliding. Forward to that. will be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us today. And I think, were you here volunteering today? That's what you were yeah. kids for? Yeah. yeah. Well, since I've, I have a little bit more time, I was like, well, might as well put it to good use. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So thank you for all you do for kids sport. Keep being a great brand ambassador. Keep uh, being a trailblazer for all women's hockey and all those girls growing up to aspire to and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you. We're looking forward to seeing what you have in store next. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. We're back. Okay. We're back. Sorry, Johnny. I have one more really important question. How has this Achilles injury affected your spike ball skills? I mean, I've for sure had to put it on hold. Um, I, I, I miss spike ball. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And that was like something I did constantly during COVID. It's just yeah. something you can do. That's fun. Get together. We have a couple similar social circles mm-hmm. and uh, I, from what I've heard, your spike ball skills are legendary. So <laughs> I think- it sounds like we need a kid sport spike ball tournament. Oh my God. We do. That so- obviously injury rehabs and we'll give everyone time, but yeah. I think this needs to happen. Right. I'll be fine next summer. I'll be ready yeah. to go. Before the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When the winter season ends next year and the snow clears up before we get heavy into the training for Olympic year, we got it. Yeah. Kids Sports Spike Ball Tournament, first inaugural. Heard it here first. We at Sport Calgary like to stay active in person and online. Be sure to follow us at Sport Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn.